This is Incredible Stories Podcast, Episode 51, Saddam's Key to the City. Well, hello again, everyone. Happy New Year. It's time for another Incredible Stories podcast. I'm Josh Virla, your Akara host, and thanks for being here. I hope everyone's enjoyed the holidays. It's good to be back after a little break. Just a reminder, of course, to share the show if you like it. And even if you don't like it, share it anyways, and maybe someone else will like it. Be a good gift for the New Year's. So, How are we kicking off the new year, Josh? Well, if I know anything, it's that there are many keys to life, but only one key to the city. From sports stars to actors to marginally famous to the super famous, many people have received keys to the city from not just the U.S., but all over the world. But did you know that none other than Saddam Hussein once received the keys to the city of Detroit? How did that happen? Here's what I know. Saddam Hussein, former Iraqi president slash dictator and former living person, was the proud recipient to the key of one of the United States' most storied cities. But before I get into that, let's get into some of the history and importance of the key to the city. You've probably heard of this honor being given to people from time to time. But what does it actually mean? Does it open every office door in the city? How much is it worth? Is there a magic door that only secret key holders have access to? Well, sadly, this award is largely ceremonial today, giving the recipient nothing more than bragging rights or a cool conversation starter at game night. But there is a history to it that you may not know. Way back in the medieval times, a time when the ages were dark and gallivanting hordes of knights sought out cities to siege and pillage, people often would wall their cities. And the cities had big doors with locks on them to keep out the unwanted. So, say a new ruler would take control of an area. They would go to the walled city for the first time, you know, to check out the digs and scope out the hottie ratio. The city officials would do the dog and pony show meet and greet and give the new guy a key to their city so he could come and go as he pleased. Ah, but the new ruler would then return the key as a gesture to signify that the city officials were trusted to run the day-to-day of the city. Being the ruler, you didn't really need a key and unlocking a giant door every time you wanted to visit would be a bit undignified. Of course, you'd send a runner ahead to tell them to open the gates. But the key to the city was given to the ruler of the area, so when he'd come by to check on his city, collect taxes or whatever, he had access to the gate and went right in. The city officials would do the formality thing, greeting the ruler, of course. This honor was also sometimes called freedom of the city or freedom of entry. And the city officials would honor a valuable member of their community or respected citizen the freedom from serfdom. And serfdom was the status of peasants under feudalism, 
where they would work a plot of land for the local noble in exchange for protection. Basically, they were the bottom of the hill. But if they were to get the freedom of the city, they would be released from their serfdom, probably made some kind of official, or at least their requirement to toil for the noble was removed and they could just live for themselves. A good deal for the time. So you see, it all had a fairly practical use, but when did it become more of a ceremonial thing? Well, we can pretty much point to the middle of the 1800s as the time when such symbolic practices really took off. Basically, it was a way the city would express the desire of a guest to come and go at will to their city. Kind of a little I love you note. Of course, today it can be seen largely as a PR stunt and mayors, especially in big cities, like to hand them out. Hey, did that guy just save a bunch of people from a burning building all by himself? And does the public generally like the person? Let's give them a key to the city. It's good for the poll numbers. Wink. But that's not to say some people don't generally deserve some sort of honorary recognition, and the key is a pretty cool way of expressing pleasure. Like, of course Captain Sully Sullenberger, famed pilot who landed a plane in the Hudson, would get a key to New York City. Which, I may add, New York City's keys are gold-plated and made by Ashburn's engravers in Manhattan at the cost of about $100 a piece to make. Let's stick with New York for a moment. As America's largest city, it has seen its shares of keys handed out to celebrities, athletes, and heroes. The first time a key to New York City was handed out, though, was in 1702, well before the United States was a country. And this key was handed out to Viscount Edward Cornberry, the governor of New York and New Jersey at the time. So this was a political thing, of course. Interesting side note on Cornberry. Apparently, there was quite the rumor of him being a cross-dresser. <gasps> Scandalous! However, those claims were probably also, like the key, politically motivated. But you'll see, you'll get into some questionable key-giving when you do things for political reasons. Case in point, when Saddam Hussein received a key to Detroit. How did this happen? Well, it was the 80s. Different time, of course, but let me set the scene. So there was this church in Detroit, a Chaldean church, and Chaldeans are Catholics, specifically those from the Middle East region of Northern Iraq, Southeast Turkey, and Northeast Syria. So Christians with their roots in the Middle East. Now, because of heavy persecution in the Middle East, Many of them moved out, and the largest Chaldean community in the U.S. was in Detroit. So, in 1979, a church called Chaldean Sacred Heart was being headed by Reverend Jacob Yasso, who himself was born in northern Iraq. Now, Iraq had been going through a lot of political turmoil with their revolutions and such, but by the end of their revolutions, the country would see Saddam Hussein come to power in 1979. Now, early on, the US and Iraq under Saddam were allies, and for as ruthless as Saddam was, he generally was fairly okay to Christians living in his predominantly Muslim country. In fact, Saddam donated money all around the world to Chaldean churches. So Reverend Yasso said, you know what? My home country of Iraq looks like we have a guy that isn't prosecuting us Chaldeans so much 
I'm going to congratulate him on his presidency. So Yasuo sent him a nice Hallmark card or something. They have something for every occasion, you know. Well, Saddam said, thanks guy, and in return sent Reverend Yasuo's church $250,000. Wow, that's a nice donation. So a year later, in 1980, Yasuo, along with 20-some other people, were invited to Baghdad, Iraq as formal guests and stayed at Saddam's palace. Great digs. Now before Yasso left the United States, I'm sure he had a conversation with the mayor of Detroit at the time, who was Coleman Young. And Yasso told the mayor how great this new world leader was, giving his church a handsome donation and had invited him to Iraq. Well, I'm sure the mayor said something like, Well, don't go empty-handed. Here, take this key and give to Saddam for being such a sweetheart. I'm not sure what his accent sounded like. So, when Yasso met with Saddam face-to-face -face in the palace, he presented him a key to the city of Detroit. To which Saddam said, Thanks, Yasso. Hey, by the way, I hear your church still has some debt. Let me help you out with that. How much do you owe? To which Yasso said the church's debt was about $170,000. To which Saddam said, Here, have another $200,000. Nice. Well, of course, time went on and Saddam became more disliked by the U.S. and eventually his once kind persona was replaced with another, leaving church officials shocked as to his turn. And, of course, the rest, as they say, is history. Now, the whereabouts of Saddam's key to Detroit is unknown, or at least it's unknown to me. Maybe some U.S. troop has a big golden key sitting in their living room that they think was a palace key, but really it's just a key to Detroit. But if you have it, let us know. And that's the story of the keys to the city and how Saddam Hussein got the keys to Detroit, and now you know what I know. Now, I know what a lot of you guys are thinking. Man, how can someone as crappy as Saddam get a key to the city and I, a modest yet respectable citizen, can't even get a key for my own city? Well, fret not everyone, because the keys to the city isn't really as prestigious as it used to be. The Kardashians have some after all. You too may be able to get your very own key to the city without having to jump into burning buildings. A relatively unknown comedian and filmmaker named Mark Malkoff was just about your averagest of average guys and, after joking with his friends, decided to just call up mayor's offices and ask them for a key. To his surprise, he started receiving them. The first call he made, in fact, the office said yes, they would give him a key. Although some places he had to do some community service type things like read the kids, and plant trees to receive a key. Well, 95 cities later, he had 95 keys. Although I will state some of those keys were just certificates with a key on it and not an actual key. As I've said, the honor has lost a lot of its luster in some places and a symbolic piece of paper has replaced a symbolic key as the symbolic representation of symbolic trust. And that's still pretty cool but apparently not so cool to share who in 2012 sold her key to the city of Adelaide, Australia for about $95,000 on eBay. The key was made of brass and apparently Cher said her office done effed up. 
and she wasn't aware of it being sold on eBay. Now the guy from Australia who won the bid appears to have not have actually paid for it because he said Cher didn't want to sell it. But if she did, then he'd buy it. But Cher didn't publicly say she wanted to, but didn't tell eBay that she didn't want to. So it seems that eBay then said somebody is still wanting to sell this thing, and they froze accounts and suspended stuff. It seems very messy, plus a lot of Australians got pretty upset at Cher for selling it. I didn't see a resolution to this, but I'll put a link to that Australian guy's interview in the show notes so you can check it out. But here is something that you don't need a key to unlock. And of course, that is the haiku. Thanks for such honor. Wait, who else has this award? The Kardashians? And that's all the time this week, guys. Check out our main site for other stories on IncredibleStoriesPodcast.com. Send me an email or haiku at contact at IncredibleStoriesPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at IncredPod. Rate us on iTunes and peep us out on YouTube and Stitcher. For Incredible Stories Podcast, I'm Josh. And remember, the journey of a thousand tales begins with the first word. 